If you run a small business, your website copy plays a huge role in determining whether you're just scraping by or you're growing your leads and sales like nothing's going to stand in your way. Well, the Standout Website Copywriting Program is nearly ready to help teach you how to write words that sell. Over four weeks, you'll learn how to write your website pages one section at a time with words and a proven framework that will captivate your audience and persuade them to take action. If you want to improve your website copy so that you can grow your income and your impact, join the waitlist now by visiting simplystandoutmarketing.com backslash website copy course so that you don't miss out when we launch very soon. Now it's time for the latest episode of the podcast. If you want to attract more mums to your business, then this episode will open your eyes to a whole new way of thinking about mums and how you should be marketing to them for better engagement, stronger relationships and more sales. Responsible for an annual spend of over $132 billion each year in Australia alone, mums present an enormous opportunity to businesses of all sizes, which is why I've invited on the podcast a special guest, Katrina McCarter from Marketing to Mums. Stay tuned to hear about the biggest mistakes most brands make when marketing to mums, the misconceptions, key trends, differences between mums across the globe, and some amazing tips for businesses wanting to attract more mums. The Simply Standout Marketing Podcast is for you, the small business owner wanting to supercharge your marketing with simple, actionable strategies and inspiration so you can smash your goals and grow your business. Now it's your turn to discover what actions to take to make your business truly stand out and succeed. Let's get started. Today, I want to welcome Katrina McCarter. Thank you so much, Katrina, for joining us today. Ah, Thanks, Nikki. I've been really excited about our chat. It's wonderful. It's always good to talk to a fellow mum and also a fellow marketer and and find out, um, you know, all of the wonderful things that you know. But to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the founder of a business called Marketing to Mums, which is a marketing and research consultancy. And I'm based down in Melbourne. And I really specialize in helping businesses attract more mothers and their families uh, into their business. So I consider myself a marketing strategist. I'm also an author of a couple of books on marketing to mums. And I speak internationally. Um, I've got a podcast as well called Marketing to Mums. And I I'm a really avid researcher. I love learning more about Australian mothers. Excellent. Now, you said you love the data side of things and you've obviously done a lot of research on on marketing to mums. What are some of the biggest misconceptions and mistakes you see brands make when they are marketing to mums? Uh, great question. So uh, we actually researched, uh, well, I did my first research study into Australian mums back in 2016, and I'd really hoped to get, uh, you know, probably three or 400 Australian mums respond, but I was really overwhelmed when we had over 1,800 mums respond. And for us, uh, their, their key message to us was that 63% of Australian mums believe um, advertisers, brands and businesses don't understand them. And that's when I went, wow, that's incredible. And when we drilled down into what the mistakes were, um, what we saw was stereotyping 
was uh, was their number one thing that really ir- irritated mothers. Um, this I- ideal of um, you know mums being at home, mums wanting um, pink fluffy slippers and dressing gowns and some chocolates and a cup of tea for Mother's Day. Um, they really, really are uh, pushed back against. They saw it as a as a major issue, which you know we obviously know that it is. Um, and they really wanted to see far more diversity and a better reflection of what a modern family now looks like. So that was certainly a big thing. Um, the other one that they said that really stood out was treating mums like they are all the same. Um, and this is a uh, a big one uh, for, for mums. They feel like they're being treated like one big homogenous group. And uh, we all know there are 6.2 million mothers in Australia and we're all incredibly different. And what they've clearly said to us through our research is that they want to be respected for their different interests. Um, and um, and also we know um, through that, uh, the different generations of mothers as well are very, very different in their communication styles, um, also their preferred channels. So um, they feel like by lumping them all as one group, that that's a really big miss for businesses. I think you're absolutely spot on when you really you think about the Mother's Day promotions and things like that, and it is playing pink fluffy slippers and uh, and chocolate and 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 cups. And at the end of the day, that's one small part of the market that would enjoy that. Oh, it's t- it's absolutely minuscule. Is is certainly what our research tells us, and we check in every couple of years. So, um, at Marketing to Mums, we're doing two research projects a year normally, um, but we regularly check in around what are the mistakes, and they're really really consistent. Some of the other ones is um, treating mums like they're stupid is a massive one for them. In fact, they were really really vocal um, ab- about that issue. But other things were like not being real. Um, um, and advertising being um, too um, uh, ideal in terms of that, thinking, thinking that mums are aspirational, whereas largely what we see are mums aren't as aspirational as the advertisers think that we are. So uh, this ideal of uh, a mother who's beautifully dressed uh, in her um, in her lovely active wear with a cup of cup of coffee pushing the pram and looking a million dollars is just so far removed from the reality of of most mothers. That is absolutely true because I do I love the authentic and the real and and so many so many mothers find that pressure through advertising that comes from businesses you know there is that pressure to look the part to look amazing and at the end of the day it's not real. It's not how things work at the, you know, where work, a lot of us are working. Um, I work full time, have kids, have, you know, have husbands and have so many other priorities. So, um, yeah, it's just never going to happen that we're going to look perfect running down the street. <laughs> I'll give you a great example. Um, I work, I worked with a beverage company. Um, and they said to me, I, I'm really big about the first thing that you need to do is identify your most profitable segment of the mum market before you do anything. And they said, that's fine, Katrina. We know who it is. Um, they're young mothers. Uh, they've got a child who's, you know, uh, preschool aged. They are highly aspirational. They hang out in the right cafes, go to the right bar classes. Um, and they're, you know, women about town looking, looking fabulous. And I went, 
really? Um, and they allowed me to do a research study um, into their their customers. And it turned out that they were women over 45 uh, who were definitely not aspirational. They were drinking their particular beverage because they were trying to cut down on their caffeine. Um, and they were vastly different from who they imagined they were. And once we altered the marketing strategy to appeal to that over 45-year-old woman, um, we increased their sales by or, or over, over 500%. It was astronomical. And it's really about um, making sure that you're communicating correctly uh, to the right segment of mothers. And that's incredible because if you think about it, if you can't connect with your audience, if you're targeting young mums when really that's not your audience, you're never going to – the marketing message that you give to um, a young mum is totally different to a 45-plus mum because we have different priorities and um, different everything really. Yeah, and and what I see, Nikki, is is just, uh, you know, on the other foot, if you target too broadly and you go for all mums, which is which is what I'll, often I'll meet a client for the first time and I'll say, who's your target audience? I'll say, all mums. And I'll say, you know, but hold on, they're incredibly different. And if you don't, if you target too broadly, what happens is you don't connect with anyone and you start wondering, you know, why aren't my sales coming in? Well, they're not coming in because you are targeting too broadly. Uh, yes. And that's the same with any audience. The the larger the audience you target, the less people you're going to attract because you can't connect with everyone. Uh, absolutely. Like it's the difference even between city city mums and country mums. I mean, that's different compared to different lifestyles, different cultures, uh, different ages. And there's so many differences. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did some work uh, a few years ago with uh, a, a brand of play centers and we audited their, uh, well, we surveyed their database and three of, half their venues appealed to a millennial mother and half of their venues appealed to a Gen X mother. Now we know that they have different preferences in communications. So we know that millennial mothers are very much committed to, and I'm talking broadly here, uh, enriching the relationship with their child. It's about bonding. And, um, we know that the Gen X mothers favor um, really being efficient, uh, being time efficient. They're really after convenience and they're after multitasking more so. And so for those out, so for those play centers that appealed to the millennial mother, we talked about the importance of play, um, having fun together, uh, developing your relationship with your child. Whereas the, the venues that were appealing to a Gen X mother, we spoke about the free coffee, um, strong Wi-Fi, comfy couches, free magazines. It's very different communications. It it really is, and it's funny when you're talking about the difference between your your Gen X and uh, even on a general level, uh, Gen X and your millennials. It is incredible because I'm a Gen X, and you go, yes, yes, that's absolutely true. Some of those things. Um, now, look, so many businesses now actually have a global audience. What did your research find are the key differences between mums across the globe? Yeah, really interesting. I'm fascinated by this. So, um, my first, when I set up marketing to mums, my first thing was to look at Australian mothers because lo and behold, there's not much research around about Australian mothers, which I was so surprised by. Um, and so there was a lot of 
global research, but there wasn't anything specific. So first and foremost, we had a look at Australian mothers. Um, then I've very much turned my attention to the US. Um, I've got a lot of uh, Australian businesses that are looking to move into the US market. And um, whilst we're both English speaking, there are some quite significant differences, certainly in terms of when you start your parenting journey. Um, here in Australia, that the average uh, a woman normally is around the age of 30 to 31. In the states, that's around twenty six. Now, there's quite a lot of difference um, in in the in those six years in terms of establishing your career. So we find that um, Australian women tend to be uh, more far more established in their careers than their US counterparts. We also see a real difference in terms of social media use. So um, in the states, it's very high use of Pinterest. Also a very different use of Twitter. So um, in the US, I'll have Twitter parties, um, which is for brands to interact with their customers. And that's done a lot with within the mum segment. Um, that's certainly something that we don't see here in Australia. Um, so there, there are a couple of things in terms of um, uh, we've looked at, uh, at Indian mothers as well. And uh, certainly Indian mothers um, are very strong in Facebook groups and very strong using of WhatsApp. They're very big about their child getting ahead. Um, and so very much anything education related is going to be viewed very favorably about advancing their child's skills uh, is is certainly highly, highly prized. But, um, you, you know, um, if we look at French mothers, I've spent some time, um, had the opportunity to travel and speak in, in Paris. Um, women there tend to go back to work um, much faster. Um, and so, um, and that's actually the same in the States as well. There's only two weeks leave. So we've got women that have to, uh, that two weeks leave a year. So, and they don't have a lot of paid maternity leave so that they're often banking up their annual leave, uh, to prepare for having, having a child, but many are returning to, to, uh, to work and they're still trying to manage breastfeeding. Um, and that has led to, um, a lot of businesses come up and one of the ones that I'd love to mention is Milk Stalk. And Milk Stalk is a is a breast milk shipping company. So if you have to travel for work, you can arrive in Atlanta and your breast they will have um a shipping container there waiting for you, a little pack for you to to express your milk. Um it will be in a refrigerated uh, pack and they FedEx it back to your home so that you can continue your <sighs> breastfeeding while you're traveling and working. So it's really, really tough and different, different kind of conditions. So there's lots of nuances, um, right around the world that really need to be understood. Um, don't think that um, when you are an Australian business moving into the US for etc., that it's just going to be the same. You will definitely need to have um, a different marketing strategy. Wow, that's fascinating. I can't believe about the the milk stalk side of things. That is what an amazing, you know, they've obviously seen the issue and come up with a whole new business she's, to address she's, it. 
Yeah, she's really interesting. I have interviewed her uh, on the Marketing to Mums podcast um, just because I loved the innovation and she had twins and uh, was trying to, you know, she got she got really harassed carrying a litre of breast milk back through security when she was travelling because she was trying to maintain her milk um, and, and not lose her, her milk and she had it in ice and um, she got given a really hard time going through security at the airport and she she just went, you know, this is just horrendous and women shouldn't have to put up with this. And so she launched this business and where she's found her biggest market is actually in the Fortune 500 companies that now offer it as an employee benefit, encouraging and and, and seen to be supporting women as they come back to work. That's, oh, that is fantastic. I do love that concept. and But it would be very different way of messaging over here compared to what it would be in the US for sure. Yeah, yeah, look, she has actually expanded internationally because what she's finding is that uh, a lot of the US female workers are um, are traveling internationally for work. Um, so she has actually started, I think, um, started offering the service into Europe as well, I believe. Oh, well, good on her. And I know that there are a lot of incredible, incredibly innovative uh, businesses out there that are coming up from addressing issues. Uh, so I think that is brilliant. Now, in your latest book, The Mother of All Opportunities, you talk a lot about tech-first mothers. What is a tech-first mother and what are some of the opportunities they represent to businesses? Oh, great question. Look, Tech First Mums is something that I've seen uh, emerge over the course of probably the last five or six years. And I, I talk a lot about them. They're actually millennials that predominantly, I will say predominantly millennials, but they're looking for a tech first solution to their problem first and foremost. So whenever they've got a problem, the first place they're going to go to is some kind of tech which is generally their smartphone, to start finding the solution. So for brands and businesses, there's this opportunity now to almost be 24-7 in a way that hasn't been offered in the in the in the past and it allows brands to be far more relevant and part of their lives is really the opportunity. Um, we did a study um, of the Tech First Mums back in, um, I think it was 2008, 2000, sorry, 2018 to 2019. And we surveyed um, about uh, just over 650 Australian mums. Um, and what we really found is that, look, our use of the smartphone is, is really off the charts. We're, you know, 90 Nine percent of um, of Australian mothers um, in this in, in this millennial age have a uh, have a smartphone, but it's generally within a meter. So it's 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 an arm length away. <laughs> it's the first thing they're touching in the morning, and the last thing that you know they'll check before they before they go to sleep. The, but what we also find with them is that they are opting for a lot of uh, for a lot less advertising. So you will see them actually have they're more likely to have ad blockers. Uh, they're going to be really big streamers. So you'll find them using Spotify Premium, YouTube Red, which has got all the advertising removed. Like that's 
that's important to them. And that makes it difficult for us as business businesses and brands to actually um, uh, develop relationships with them. So that's one of the complexities of them. We do find them that they're very information seeking. So they do like to do their research, which is super important, but, and, and their expectations um, of customer experience, particularly the digital experience is exceptionally high. So it's really, really important for um, business owners that find that they're playing, uh, that, that are wanting to appeal to the tech first mother, um, that they have got a really seamless um, experience across, across different platforms is super, super important. And uh, one of the great businesses here in Australia that I think appeals well to this market, to this tech first um, mum market is a business called Parent TV, which is a subscription based membership, which allows parents to download um, video clips of um, information from different parenting experts to deal with a specific issue, which might be, I don't know, it might be dealing with a, a tantrum or something like that, but they can go and they, and this, um, platform is actually void of advertising. So it's really, really well pitched to this tech first, um, mother segment. Yeah. I actually find, um, I'm just thinking about last night. I was watching something, streaming something, but it was a commercial TV app that I was watching. And every time the ad came on, I got so frustrated because I'm so used to, and I'm, a, I'm not a millennial. <laughs> And I was so frustrated and it was interesting because I was annoyed at the ads interrupting me, um, which isn't a good thing for advertisers because you don't want people annoyed at you for interrupting their time. Um, <laughs> COVID, but- COVID certainly changed things. I mean, for, for all segments, for all generations really, because um, we have all experienced lockdowns no matter where we're located in the world. And with that, uh, we have certainly turned to uh, to Netflix in droves and a number of other streaming devices. And now we're now very used to having that curated content freely available for us to watch at our, at our, you know, convenience when we want it and without the advertising. So, um, I can understand and I, and I can sympathize and empathize <laughs> with your frustrations. I think the bigger challenge for Netflix is now keeping up with those in lockdown with having enough content that they haven't watched already. Yes, oh, it is without a doubt. And look, I find that's why I always say to my clients, look, it, email is really important. Social media, your email, your, your website, those side of things are so much more important now than ever before. And the last five years, websites have changed and even more so in the last 12, 18 months. Websites have changed from being purely informational, those that are obviously aren't e-commerce websites, they were purely informational, but now they need to be so much more and so much, you know, they need to be innovative. They need to give the information, but also lead people to taking action and, you know, to actually building that relationship with them, whereas that wasn't needed five years ago. No, I agree. I think it's really important to have uh, that customer journey mapping done and really understand what's the journey that you want someone to take through your website and how do you lead them through that as well. Uh, don't, it's, it's, 
that that's how we need to be thinking as marketers. What you know, what's what's the flow that we want people to go through? Um, I would say the importance of having third party um, testimonials as well it has really increased in importance if you're trying to appeal to uh, to mothers and not just having a testimonial page, but actually flowing those throughout the website pages. Yes, and also it's so much easier now to get testimonials with with all of the amazing technology in terms of you can send someone a link and they can record something um, on their phone, which is a testimonial, rather than doing the old written testimonials, which people hate doing because they want it all to be perfect. So I have found that's a lot easier doing things that way, but I'm surprised at the number of bigger organizations that don't use testimonials or they use testimonials that you don't uh, connect with their actual customers. And I think that's another important part of we don't want to just look at a product or, you know, the benefits of a product. We need to be talking to people about testimonials, about the results and the transformation that they got to deal with the problem that they had. Yeah, look, I've got some interesting research around testimonials. Um you know, since 2016, we've been asking, um, we've been asking Australian mums, what's the number one reason you buy? What has the greatest influence over your buying? Now, um, being a mum and a marketer, I would have said it's a mum to mum recommendation. Someone telling me, uh, verbally, you know, this, this is a business I need to go and have a look at. It actually is not. Uh, the number one thing that will influence a mother based on all our research has been a written testimonial. So, uh, and that's shown up multiple times now. So uh, I'm, I'm highlighting that it is testimonials are incredibly important and particularly given the level of research that mothers do. Um, women by comparison to men, uh, are, have a different, um, buying process. So, women are looking for that perfect solution, whereas um, men are often just looking for a solution. It, it, and when you are looking for the perfect solution, you're going to do a hell of a lot more research. And that third-party endorsement that is provided by testimonials is instrumental. It is so influential in um, in helping uh, a woman find that perfect solution. So um, I say uh, every business who is wanting to appeal to mothers needs to have a testimonial strategy. Um, I know you were talking about that great technology, but one of the things we um, we do with our research projects when we're identifying who that most profitable segment of the mum market is for a business, we're also eliciting a huge volume of testimonials for them that could be used uh, for the next couple of years by the business. Um, and it's not just getting the testimonials, it's actually then amplifying them. And um, so often you'll see people will turn on uh, recommendations on their Facebook page. Uh, that's not enough. What you actually then need to be doing is taking those, uh, taking those testimonials and actually putting them on, on a graphic, on a branded graphic and make sure that you're sharing them. Sharing one testimonial, a minimum of once a fortnight is certainly what I recommend to, uh, to my clients. But yeah, making sure that they're easily accessed. Um, and I say to my clients, don't put out a marketing material unless it's got a testimonial on it. They're that influential. Mm. Oh, and I totally agree with you. And that's really interesting research that you mm -hmm. found uh, because you do think word of mouth uh, 
will be the you know a driving force however it, it, it's a start is it i would i would always think it's a you know that's the that's the instigator to actually go somewhere and have a look and do the research yeah, look, I, um, I, as I said, I would have expected that a mum-to-mum verbal recommendation would have been in first spot. So um, it's probably one of the more biggest surprises that I've I've found through my research. And to have it show up a, um, each time we do the research, it, it really does say that te- written testimonials are important. I will say those mum-to-mum recommendations come in closely into into second spot, but uh, but they're not in top spot. Ah, see, we learned something new. Mm. Now, when it comes to marketing to mums, what are some of the key trends that business owners should be aware of? Yeah, well, straight up, first one, the power of testimonials without question. Um, but other things that I, I would say is we are really seeing a trend towards convenience and time, that mums are valuing them at a much higher regard than they have in the past. So what that means is that uh, mums are prepared to pay more for better convenience um, or things that are going to save her time. Um, so if that's something that you can offer, have a look at your pricing strategy because it's a, it's a really, really important reason that she's buying. Um Something else that we've seen come through is that mums are really um, increasingly wanting to support other female-owned businesses. So if you're someone who's listening, uh, who's a female who owns a business and you're trying to attract women and mothers to your business, um, I would really be leveraging your brand story, um, being that woman behind the business, because mums are really showing that they want to actively support women in business. Uh, so that's a big one. Something else we've seen is that audio is really growing in popularity and uh, they love podcasts. Um, We found in 2019 that uh, more than 40% of Australian mothers are listening to a podcast every month Um, and I do expect that those numbers will have increased when we do our next next check-in on that for our research. And lastly, I would say is that there is a really increasing role that dads and grandmothers play um, in life right now in terms of caring for children. Um, And that's uh, certainly if we look at um, grandma uh, specifically, grandma's being relied upon a lot more to do childcare than she has in previous generations because of the high expense of childcare. And now grandma is out doing some of the shopping um, and she's also got an opinion on some of the products or services um, that they're um, that the parent should should now be um, uh, transacting with. And so what I'm talking to, certainly to a lot of bigger brands is what's your grandma's strategy? Because grandma does have an influence now. And I think that that's important to have a look at. The other thing we're really seeing is um, a, a great positive change is that uh, dads are wanting to be far more involved in, dom- in domestic duties and responsibilities. They want to be uh, a far more visible presence in their children's lives, and with that, they are um, having a lot. They're having a lot more influence on uh, products and services that are selected uh, within within that home environment. 
environment or concerning their children. Mum is still, we're seeing, making that ultimate decision and often doing a lot of that kind of admin work behind the scene that we call that that mother load um, that she carries, but uh, dad is also influencing that as well. So what we're seeing now is the path to purchase is now a little bit more complex than it has been previously. And there are other stakeholders that you need to be considering in your marketing activities as well. Yeah. Do you think that the dad component is a lot more, uh, you know, they're a lot more involved since COVID and lockdown and more involved in the purchasing process um, since COVID hit? Uh, great question. Um, I can speak anecdotally rather than research-based. Um, we see generationally the younger, the dad, the far more involved they are. I think COVID and uh, our life on Zoom has allowed us to be far more human. Um, and and I think that there is much greater empathy uh, for uh, for uh, the role of, of being a mother, uh, of wearing many different hats. And I think that, yeah, that there's there's greater empathy. Um, and I don't, I can't comment, as I said, without research as to, as to, um, how more involved the dads are. But, um, a lot of the reports are saying that they're not the intentions there, but it's not actually happening at the level that they might like to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see over the next sort of, you know, two, three, four years, what the changes will be within marketing and within families as well, because the last five years, there's been such huge changes. Uh, so, and I'm sure those changes are just going to speed up really. Yeah, I think so. Like we've seen, um, I was really curious when we first went into lockdown. I'm in Melbourne. Um, when we first went into the first lockdown, we did a big research project, um, to have a look at the impacts of home isolation. And uh, we saw some really interesting trends that have come out of there and uh, we've published a report that's freely available um, called ISO Mums. And that, um, one of the key findings there, we actually saw self-care really come up um, very strongly. So mums are now recognizing that if mum, if mum's not coping, if mum goes down sick, uh, it really, really has a major, major impact. So we saw a lot more mums in, engage in self care that we hadn't seen before. And they were really starting to reprioritize putting themselves first. So I think, yay, that is fantastic that we've seen. One of the other things we saw out of that, Nikki, was that, um, there's a real sense of wanting to invest in the local community. Uh, there's a big drive towards supporting small business and local business. So I think that will be really interesting to watch over coming years as well. I think they're all definitely very positive changes, that's for sure. Mm. And uh, <laughs> definitely, I, I know personally how hard yeah, the whole self-care thing is and, and it isn't until you sort of all of a sudden fall into a heap that you go, oh, okay, I need to change that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, now, look, what are some of the top tips for business owners wanting to attract more mums and their families to their business? 
Yeah, look, first up, I think the the most important thing you can do if you do nothing else is to understand who your most profitable customer is. What's the most profitable segment of the mum market um, for, for your business and brand? And that will often start with doing a research project, often a survey to really understand your core customer. I think that that is, without question, the thing that most businesses overlook um, and are not willing to invest in. And for me, uh, I see this save enormous amounts of money for brands who do it because uh, it allows them to have a great degree of clarity around where they should be investing their money as well, what channels they should be looking into, what their messaging should be. Um, So that for me is the number one thing. The other thing that I would say is um, mums really don't want those strong push sales messages. They're really, really rejecting those and it's much more subtle, soft selling, which I often say works really well with story selling where you're talking about the experience of a of another customer or someone just like them who has used your service or your product and talking about their experience. So it's a little bit different from a testimonial as such. It almost feels like a, um, a there's a storytelling element to it. Um, that works incredibly well in appealing to mothers um, and it really can result in some really great sales numbers. And lastly, I think we've talked about it uh, quite a bit today, Nikki, is, is just those power of testimonials. Do not underestimate um, how powerful they are and how influential they are in attracting mothers. Yeah, look, um, I think they're all wonderful tips. From a from a messaging point of view, I 100% agree with the whole brand storytelling because it it is the one thing that helps people uh, to connect with your brand. It's not you're not trying to sell a product. You're you're selling a solution. You're selling a um, you know you're selling a dream, a transformation. People have if they don't have a problem, they're not coming looking for you. Uh, so they want something solved in the way that you know best suits them. They're not necessarily looking for the cheapest, or um, they need something in particular that connects with them and we all want to be connected with especially with smaller businesses we want to actually go oh hey look I get those people they're my type of people that's my type of business I love what they what their values are um, what their mission is and I really get them so I think that's so important that businesses do change that so yes I totally agree with that one yeah look I I mean I think that I say to clients all the time, your brand story is powerful and influential. Please use it. Um, people want to know, certainly uh, women want to understand your origin stories because as you said, subconsciously they're assessing whether you share this, whether your business shares the same values that they do. That that is mm. that is what's going on um, behind the scenes, and and for you to share your story and show your passion for what it is that you do and why you're different as well. I often say that um, people like us for our differences, not because we're the same. And our job as marketers within a business is to amplify those differences. Absolutely, because if you can't stand out with your differences, well, you're no different to anyone else. So. Mm. Um, now, what is we were talking before about sort of surveying clients and, and customers? Have you got a favourite uh, survey question uh, or research question that you like asking customers? 
Uh, yeah, I normally, um, I find that uh, there are lots of people that might leave your business without saying something to you about what was really bothering them or annoying them. And it might be something relatively small that you could easily fix. And I think it's so important to encourage people to have a forum to share, you know, something that you could do to improve in your business. So one of the, I only ever ask a couple of open-ended questions in a survey. um, And one of them that I tend to go with is what's the one thing that you would change uh, with whatever the business is? And what we're looking for there is some consistency in some of those changes that the business can invest in. Um, So I do like to uncover um, where are the improvements that this business can make. Yes. Oh, look, I do that with my clients. You know, we, what, what could I improve on? What, mm. um, because otherwise you don't learn the things that annoy them or everything else could have been perfect, but it could have just been one little thing that if you could improve would make your service or, or your product so much better. Yeah, look, Nikki, I find um, language is really important with that question as well. So, uh, so I always ask, what's the one thing? So that they really hone in on one particular thing. Um, and that's where I'm looking for, is there something that keeps repeating here that a number of people have said that I really need to do something about in this business? Yes. And look, we should all be improving all the time anyway. Uh, now, look, what's next for you? Um, I'm thinking about writing another book next year. Um, so that's something that's pondering away in my head at the moment. And, um, in the interim, I'm gearing up for a uh, season three of my marketing to mums podcast as well. So they're probably the two key things that are going around in my brain right now. Well, that's very exciting because I know how much work goes into both Mm. writing a book and into a podcast. Yeah, well, I've had a seven month break from my podcast, so um, so yeah, no, it's uh, I completely appreciate the work as well, Nikki, that goes into (laughs) it. You do a great job. When I saw that you release weekly, I was like, wow, kudos to you. I have actually just changed to fortnightly because okay. I went, mm, yep, this is uh, a fairly big thing. And also, uh, you know, there, there has to be a balance between the work of, you know, working for clients and making sure I give them the best service I possibly can. Um, but also I do have a family that, um, you know, that do need me after they've finished school or, or when they get concussion or all the other things that kids do. So, uh, um, so no, it is very good and that's very exciting. So I'll be looking forward to, to listening and also watching out for your book as well. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Now, if our listeners want to connect with you and also to find some of that research that you were talking about that I know that you have on your website for free um, and to find any of your books, what's the best way for them? Uh, Thanks, Nikki, I would say. Um, Definitely over at the Marketing to Mums uh, website, which is www.marketingtomums.com.au. I've got two free research reports on there. One is the state of motherhood in Australia, and the other one is that ISO Mums report that's really, really quite extensive. And there's also there you can get in contact with um, uh, myself and uh, books and the podcast. But I'm also, I play on LinkedIn a lot, so um, you can can find me under Katrina McCarter over on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. 
Fantastic. Look, thank you very much for joining us here today. I'll put all of those links actually in the show notes so people will be able to find those. And look, best of luck with the podcast, new podcast series, and also with your upcoming books. I'll be excited to see. Uh, Nikki, can I say a really big thanks? It's great to get together with another marketer and, and and, and talk marketing. So I really appreciate the opportunity. No, it's been wonderful. And I've learned of course, so much off you as well. So thank you very much for coming and sharing all of your information with us. A real pleasure. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for listening to the Simply Standout Marketing Podcast. Head over to simplystandoutmarketing.com for the show notes, downloads, and even more great stuff to help you grow your business with marketing made simple.